You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 70. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. I am so excited. Today, I will be sharing a special interview with my friend Sarah Allen from Inside the Pastor's Wife on Instagram. Sarah shares her passion for minimalism and how a decluttered home helps with a decluttered mind. She talks about how it's necessary to have a healthy relationship with Jesus in order to have a healthy relationship with our children. And she shares the key to how we can be happy mothers. I'm so encouraged by her and inspired by her, and I know you will be too. This is something that I know has been on all of our minds, especially those of us who have been on lockdown or who have been home with our children just a little bit more. If you're out there, this is the episode for you. So I pray and hope that Sarah's words will encourage you the way it has encouraged me. So let's just get right into it. This is episode number 70. That's right, 70 episodes, how crazy. This is episode number 70 that I am calling The Key to a Happy Mom with Sarah Allen. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Summer is upon us and what better way to celebrate than with some sweet deals. I have an amazing group of business ladies who have sponsored the podcast and they have a treat just for Hello Awesome listeners. My friend Chantel, a two-time podcast guest, runs the very successful modest fashion clothing brand, Nuggles. Aiming to always provide beautiful, comfortable, and affordable apparel, Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style. You don't have to break the bank or sacrifice that morning latte when you shop with Nuggles. In fact, Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% off discount code by using HelloAwesome10 during checkout. Head to nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe right now. Do you find yourself struggling to find a durable scrunchie that's both functional and cute? Seriously, look no further than So Vita. Guys, I am not lying when I say that I use Lucy's scrunchies every single day and my hair reaches behind my knees. So Vita is a handmade shop with beautiful and fun scrunchies, headbands, and more. Use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your order right now at SoVita.com. That's S-E-W-V-I-D-A.com. Go grab a few goodies this summer and keep your hair off your neck with style. Be sure to also follow Lucy on Instagram at SoVita. Are you looking for classic, modest pieces for your summer wardrobe? My girl Mandy over at Blue Thistle Taylor has timeless dresses, skirts, and handbags. Last year, it was such a treat to meet Mandy during General Conference in Indiana, and I truly feel like we're soul sisters. I love her passion for simplistic modesty, and you will too. Just use our special code, HelloAwesome, for 20% off your order on bluethistletailor.com. That's B-L-U-T-H-I-S-T-L-E-T-A-I-L 
B-L-U-E-R.com. Also give her a follow on Instagram at Blue Thistle Taylor. I don't know about you, but I struggle to find quality skincare products with simple ingredients that don't irritate my skin, especially in these hot summer months. While Rachel over at Oneness Essentials makes handmade soap and body products that not only look and smell beautiful, but they're perfect for sensitive skin like mine. I seriously can't wait to try her Cocoa Cream Lotion. It sounds like it smells amazing. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order when you shop at onenesssoapbiz.com. That's O-N-E-N-E-S-S-S-O-A-P-B-I-Z.com. Make sure to also follow Oneness Soap Biz on Instagram for gorgeous product photos and updated business info. So when I think of summer, I think of hanging out by the shore and strolling along little shops, browsing at the adorable clothing that I just can't afford. Can you relate? Well, you don't have to worry about that with Dress Like an Angel. Felicia is a pastor's wife and mama of two beautiful daughters who has been selling clothing for 30 years now. Wow, this woman of God is the ultimate mama boss. Felicia's shop, Dressed Like an Angel, features stunning dresses, skirts, extenders, layered tops, and so much more in a variety of styles while highlighting the beauty of modesty. She even carries items for young girls like her best-selling lace tights. If you live near Starks, Louisiana, stop by their brick and mortar store that's filled with adorable, gorgeous clothing. Or use our exclusive discount code, HelloAwesome, for 10% off your order at dresslikeanangel.com. Keep up with their huge inventory selection and future sales by following Dress Like an Angel on Instagram. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello Awesome Podcast. We are here with a brand new guest and I cannot wait for this conversation. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. Can you please share who you are, what you do, and where people might know you from? Hi, I am. Um, I feel so honored to be invited um, to be on your podcast today. And um, my name is Sarah, like you said, and um, I am a pastor's wife. And my, I have an Instagram account. My name is Inside the Pastor's Wife, which kind of tells a little bit about myself there. And um, my husband and I have actually been in the ministry since before we we initially married. My husband was in the ministry, and when we married, God just led us um, to different different areas of ministry. And we used pastored for several years, and we've currently been pastoring the church we're at now for almost four years. And um, we've been married for 10 years. I met him whenever I was 14, got married when I was 19. We've been married almost 11 years. We have um, four children. We have a six-year-old daughter, three-year-old son, a two-year-old son, and a one-year-old son. So between pastoring, being a mom, being a wife, um, just keeps us all busy. We are um, in Ohio, about 30 minutes north of Cincinnati, and I've been born and raised in Ohio my whole life. So that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, well, I know one of the things I love about you are the insights that you do share on Instagram. And I say this a lot and I laugh every time I say this, but I meet so many wonderful people on that platform. And and I'm just so thankful that God 
like cross our paths because it's just so amazing. And there's just so many posts that you, that you are just so real on. You're so vulnerable in a classy way. And you really do honor your family and your faith. And I wanted to know what motivated you to step out on social media and open your heart, especially as a pastor's wife. Well, thank you. I, um, you know, a few years ago, I think it really started um, when I had my second child. Well, between my first child, my second child, my husband and I experienced a miscarriage. And that was a really, really dark season for me. And during that time, I just, it took a little while, but I stepped out and I started sharing my heart because I know that is one, one area of life that's kind of like a hush hush area to talk about, mm-hmm. mostly because a lot of, a lot of people don't know how to respond to just like anything, any kind of grief. If you've never really experienced it for yourself, you really don't know how to respond and commiserate with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and So I started sharing my heart a lot about miscarriage and my testimony about how God just brought me out of that trial of my life and was able to use it for a testimony. And I never realized how many other women, you know, were maybe too timid to step out and, you know, tell everybody what was going on with them and express their grief. And God really used that area of my life. I feel like to be a testimony to others, to let them know that they're not alone. And it just kind of grew over the years, you know, the more children we had and we started pastoring and the more I shared, I I, at the time had public, a public Instagram account. And I just really felt like the Lord was leading me to reach out to others that I may not know that I may never meet in life, but that I may be able to testify to them about God's grace, God's mercy, and God's unfailing comfort. And I just, it's been a huge blessing. I feel like God, you know, is using me in a way that I may have never been used before if I didn't have the faith to step out and share the ups and downs, the ugly parts of life that a lot of people really don't want to share very often. So that's kind of what led me to to open up, open up about myself a little bit more there on my social media platforms. Yeah, and I think that's so encouraging, especially for those listening who might not have started their Instagram account or who have started an account with that same motivation to share their story. And I think one of the the beauties in what you just said is, you know, for other women to realize that they're not alone in whatever they're suffering and whatever they're going right. through. And that's one of the things that I hope in this podcast, um, you know, listeners can can really be encouraged to just share your story, whether you think other people might uh, understand or not. I guarantee there is somebody out there who does understand. And so, yeah, I do think it does take some bravery and it does take some courage to step out and share that because it's just so vulnerable and you feel so kind of exposed. But there's definitely beauty in that. And if you look at all the people in the in the Bible who have shared their story, especially Paul, there is power in your story. And I love how just a simple platform like Instagram can just be that place where we can come together. Right. Now, I need to know, because I think this is one of the most popular things that people will know you for, your letterboards. And... I really do love that idea. I actually have a letter board and I honestly just seem to forget to use it. <laughs> but and I and I have quotes that I've written down that I want to take more pictures of on there. 
how did the letter board idea start? Well, you know, when I first started this account, I had a few apps that I would um, create quotes with and just different things that popped into my head. And the more I was looking, you know, the search option on Instagram and I was just looking through different, you know, it pops up with a different accounts that are kind of associated with what you're associated with. And I noticed what stuck out to me was that first initial, you know, quote on a, on a post. And, you know, the statistics show that people spend two to three seconds glancing at a post before they move on, you know, unless it really captures their attention. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, whatever I may have to say, you know, just gets scrolled right on past. But with a letter board, I feel like if I have something that is just burning on my heart, a quote or a phrase, whatever it may be, I can put it on my letter board there. And that is boom, initially what somebody sees. And, and so I felt like, you know, it was, I, I liked the idea. I liked the look of it. And I, I kind of went with some turquoise letters. I love that color. And it's just kind of stuck ever since. It's, it's my fifth baby, so to speak. I, I baby it and get it out and play around with it. And whenever, whatever I just feel on my heart for that day, I'll just share a quote and just say a prayer that it encourages somebody um, like it's encouraged me. Every, every post I make, I want to add every post I make, I, I pray about it when I post, you know, Lord, use this to just reach somebody that may need to read this. And usually I'm posting it because in that very moment, it's something that I needed to see. And so I'll go back on my Instagram and I'll read something and I'll be like, wow, I can't believe I posted that because tonight I posted it this morning, but tonight that's what I need to see. So I, I kind of use it to not only encourage others, but I use it to encourage myself also. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely understand that. When you're a creative person and when you're in tune with the Lord, He does encourage you through quotes and through words and through messages. And I think one of the amazing things about having a platform where you could share your voice is that the message hits you first, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I love that about um, using the letter board as a way to kind of maybe stop somebody's attention because it is like a fast highway. You know, Instagram feels like everybody's posting, 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 going, going, going. And it's just nice to, to be, to be stopped by something that's going to fill us, you know, and make us feel hopefully right. better or at least thoughtful or inspired uh, moving forward. Uh, and so that we can continue on our day, maybe, in a different light. Maybe we can think about God or faith or whatever the message is. And I, and I really do love that idea. Now we talked about this before we start recording, but one of the things that I really, really was encouraged by is your passion for minimalism and simplicity. Now, when we were buying our house a couple years ago and we had to sell our condo, I definitely had a crash course in this because you have to get rid of everything. <laughs> I had right, to get rid right. of everything and I had to simplify and I wish I would have kept up with it because it was awesome. Um, but can you just walk me through that journey for you? How did that start? Yeah, definitely. I, um, well, my husband and I sold our previous home that we had purchased when we married. We sold it back in 2017 
at the time I was quitting my job to be a stay at home mom. And it just made more sense to move closer to his, his job and our church. And so we used to live in a 3000 square foot home. And when we were selling it, I was expecting our third child. I was eight months pregnant. We did not know the gender of the baby. And so I started going, we, we already had a son and a daughter. And so I started going through Rubbermaid totes that had baby clothing in them. And so this was right in the middle. I was eight months pregnant. We were moving out of our home and we were adding a child all within like the same two week time period. Mm -hmm. So I remember not only packing, packing up the whole house, I went downstairs to the basement where all the totes were. And I was getting out like newborn clothing for a boy and a girl since we didn't know his gender. And I remember looking around the basement and I had 17 totes of baby clothes. And that was baby girl size, newborn to 3T and boy, newborn to um, 12 month clothing. I mean, 17 totes. And I'm, I'm exhausted. I have two toddlers. We're moving. I remember I sat down on the basement steps and I looked around and I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And a lot of this stuff had tags on it. Like it had never been worn. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And so in that moment, I remember sitting there and I'm like, something has got to be done. We've got, we've got to change things here. And so not only did we, I mean, I made like so many trips to the Goodwill donating stuff. We, I mean, the curb was like filled with garbage. I gave stuff away and whatever we sold our home, we did not have a new home just yet. We lived with my in-laws for a couple months. We didn't want to rush into anything. And God just laid the house that we currently live in, in our laps. And it just worked so crazy because here we were, we were, selling our 3,000 square foot home, I was, you know, getting rid of half of our stuff, it seemed like. And then the Mm -hmm. home that we ended up purchasing was a 1,500 square foot home. So we, we cut the square footage of our home in half, plus we've added two more children since then. So I'm like, it, it, you know, it had to be God laying this on my heart because he knows that I would not have been able to do this <laughs> with two extra babies in a smaller house. So yeah. we, you know, I started it then and we just stuck with it ever since. And it's just become our way of life now. Well, that's so fun to hear, but I bet it was not fun going through it. Um <laughs> Man, I just know when you're pregnant, you're just so tired and exhausted. But then when you hit that sweet spot and you want to get rid of some, you know, everything and you start nesting, I know that takes over too. But I kind of have that idea where where we are right now. Uh, my husband and I, we love purging. I purge at least every six months and I probably now uh, do it every couple of months. Um, and I turn around, and I'm like, how do we still have stuff? <laughs> You always just have more stuff. And I wanted to know uh, from your perspective, what's it like right now, maintenance wise and motherhood? Um, You know, I want to know kind of both the challenges, but also the positives. Right. I am. I feel like at this point, we've gotten into a good routine of things. And I, I understand a lot of people that choose to start doing this, you know, living a more minimalist life, a simpler, simpler home than what they may have now. Some of those people may already have older children that are kind of in the routine of things. But I feel like with my kids now, you know, with, with any child, really, you can kind of see which toys they gravitate to over others, you know, which ones they prefer over others. 
And usually what I do is before birthdays and before the Christmas season, we will go through and we will, you know, go through toys they may or may not play with. And we will donate those, you know, especially around the holiday season. There's a lot of charities um, for children that, you know, may not have very many toys or Mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. And we will go through toys. Um, So what I do every day is, you know, I let my kids kind of just have free reign of their toys all day. And then they know at nighttime before bed or before dinner, it's time to get cleaned up. And my boys especially, they love like little tiny, um, I'm sure your your kiddos are probably like this too. They love like small toys, like little dinosaurs, little yes. Hot Wheels. So we have those all over and I have three Rubbermaid, smaller Rubbermaid type totes that they know that's what their toys go in. So there's really no um, organization about where the toys specifically go. And my daughter, my six-year-old, she is especially into crafting. And so that is mainly what she has. She has a cabinet in her bedroom. She opens it up. She knows all of her crafting stuff goes in there and it stays organized. And that is, you know, but the, the challenge is I do have smaller kids and they're not an adult. I don't expect them. Well, you know, some days I may expect them, but I have to understand and remember that they're just children and they're going to be messy because that's human nature. But at the end of the day, they, um, I, I feel like they're getting the hang of things and they're, they're understanding, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them the best I can and they're kind of grabbing onto it and going with what they know how to do. And so that has been, that has been, and also another challenge, I'll add this, another challenge can be the holiday and birthday season because mm-hmm. they have grandparents and friends and aunts and uncles that want to, want to buy them all kinds of toys. And over the years, the longer I've been doing this, especially both grandmas. And so they're going to buy toys. And so instead of them spending an X amount of money on several little toys, they'll spend that on one larger toy that may be a little bit better quality, something they really want and they will play with. And so now they've learned, grandmas, you know, is there anything specifically that they may need or that you want them to have? So it did take time. You know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day and it's the same thing with your home. It's not going to be purged overnight. And same with toys. You're not going to be able to purge them overnight either so take a little mm-hmm. l- one room at a time a little bit at a time and don't be discouraged when it doesn't happen overnight because you'll look back over the, the last year or the last six months and you'll be able to see how far you've come in that amount of time yeah for sure so would you say one of the positives is just seeing how your children might appreciate their stuff more because they don't have yes. so much of it yes very much so and they take a little bit, I find they take a little bit better care of what they do have instead of having, you know, 10 of the same thing and a different color, they might have three of the same thing in a different color. And they, they play with that a little bit more instead of feeling overwhelmed with a room full of toys, they get to focus on the few toys that they do have and appreciate even more. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm finding. I know for me, when I think about this, because I would love a minimalist lifestyle, at least that's in my brain, but um, all I see is clutter, which we'll get into that in a minute. But I think the personalities of my children kind of threw me for a loop because my first son actually loved books and puzzles more than actual toys. Like he still loved toys, but not as much. 
but we would buy different types of toys to see if it would entice him. And none of them really did. He just lo- he's just not that kind of, of kid. He's playing a little bit more now, now that he's turning eight. <laughs> now he's playing with toys. But he's more of a puzzle. Like, that's just how his brain works. You know, he loves books. He loves reading. He loves puzzles. And so going into this, I had quite, quite a bit of toys, but, but not, too, not too bad. Um, but then my second one, that's all he wants to do is all toys. <laughs> and the little ones, like you were saying, every little toy. But he has such an attachment to these little toys. And he knows exactly mm-hmm. how he's playing with them. And he knows their name that he calls them. And I cannot purge when he's around or even when he's not around. Because <laughs> sometimes he would say, I remember once specifically, he asked me for a stuffed animal. Mom, where is this? I forgot what it was. And I'm pretty sure I took a bag of stuffed animals to Goodwill like a couple months ago. But he went months and months and months without noticing it. But then he realized he wanted it that one day. And he, and he said it specifically. And I was like, oh, boy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it kind of breaks your heart. But kids do get over that. I do appreciate you, uh, you sharing that because I do think kids are capable of being taught and learning and growing. And that's encouraging to me. So I mentioned clutter because that's something for me that I find difficult. I have such a habit of just moving things and I have specific places for them, but then they never get there. So (laughs) can you share with us how we as people are affected by the clutter in our homes? Well, there has been um, clinical studies done that have shown that, you know, if you walk around your house and it's totally out of source or completely cluttered and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed right now. That is not just a figment of your imagination. There have been studies done that show that clutter in your home actually can induce a hormone called cortisol which in turn can trigger anxiety and tension. And anxiety and tension, you know, if we're feeling anxious or we're feeling tense, that's not just something that affects us personally. That can affect every aspect of our life. It can affect our relationship with God. It can affect our relationship with our spouse, our children, our family, our friends. It can affect every aspect of your life. And I mean, of all places in the whole world, your house should be the one place besides church, your house should be the one place that there is no tension, no anxiety. It should be your refuge from the outside world. You know, whenever you walk through those doors, you should feel welcome. You shouldn't feel anxious. You shouldn't look around and, you know, feel so much anxiety over clutter in your house. And I totally get that. I mean, I have four kids and we live in a smaller home, so my house gets messy sometimes. But, you know, going through, going through your home little by little, you don't have to go through your whole home in one day or one week or one month. Going through your home little by little, dissecting it room by room, you know, drawer by drawer, clearing the clutter in your life can reduce so much, so much stress. You know, it can just free you from tension that you're feeling. And it's not just something that's in your mind. It's something that's actually been proven and shown that reducing clutter can reduce tension. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm glad you share that because I feel like it's easy for us as the 
as the keepers of the home, as the women of the home, it's easy for, for us to kind of get that feeling of overwhelm and anxiety just because of, of the amount that we might see. Because sometimes we see things that maybe other people in the household does not see. And I remember when we had our condo, my husband and I had separate closets, which was glorious. And I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, this is not normal. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a normal everyday thing that a husband and wife gets their own closets because we can keep it however we want it and then close the doors. But when we moved into our house, not only did we not have two closets, our master is actually the smallest bedroom in the entire house. And we have enough room for our bed and dressers and we share a closet. And so, yes, we can definitely attest to cleaning out the clutter uh, relieves the tension because his his church stuff was hanging there and then the belts are hanging there, but then I need my scarves and I need my dresses. And then all of our shoes were getting mixed up and, you know, I tried the best that I could, but we just had too many things, you know, in there. And so just this past, I can't remember if it was January or February, but before, before the springtime, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, I think it's time for us to kind of rearrange something here because we knew that the closet was the main thing that was going to affect the function of our everyday. Right. So maybe right. that's, maybe that's one, that's one tip is if you're out there and you have clutter, maybe pick one thing that's going to affect your everyday. Maybe you could start there. Right. Like you said, a drawer. Well, what's a drawer that you go into every day that you're like, I can't find anything. Right. So yeah, my husband and I, you know, his belts were kind of falling because they didn't have a proper hook and, he had all of his ties very unorganized. And so Sundays was like a, a tornado in there. And even though we tried the best that we could with different things, we needed a better system. And so we went to Ikea and we got a dresser that had six drawers. And then we each got three drawers for our shoes. So then those would be in there. But then my husband doesn't have three drawers of shoes, of course, not like me. So his top one has his rolled up. He was able to get an organizer, roll up his ties, roll up his belts. And he made the decision. He took care of that himself and put it in there so then he can find his own stuff. So anyways, it was just, I, I, I share all that and, and I'm babbling about it because we, we, we feel so much pride when we look at it now because we said, okay, this was a problem. We worked together to fix the problem. And now it functions for us every day. And it kind of right. gives you the confidence for another project instead of trying to do too much at the same time. Yes. So I've noticed that, um, obviously I've said this before, that you're just very uplifting in your post, especially about being a mother. And I think that's just so refreshing, especially um, in this culture where sometimes they encourage mean motherhood. You know, sometimes they encourage us talking down to our kids or calling our kids names and in the form of entertainment or they think it's funny, you know, how the world operates sometimes. Um, And I really do think it's just amazing when I see posts of just, you know, mothers talking about how they enjoy their kids or even if they're struggling, they, they're still being compassionate and loving towards their kids. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think one key is to being a happy mom? 
Well, first and foremost, having a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, because I feel like you are never going to be truly content in any area of your life without a healthy relationship with Jesus. Mm. And especially when it comes to being a mother, whether you're a working mother outside of the home or you're a stay-at-home mother, I'm, at the end of the day, you are exhausted and maybe a little bit short-fused, um, running the candle at both ends, so to speak. And if you don't take time to focus on your relationship with Jesus, you might just find yourself running a little bit more short-fused than usual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about this is something I am so passionate about because I, I am no expert at mothering. My oldest child is six years old. But I felt like over, especially over the last several years, social media has become bigger and bigger. And, you know, a lot of the posts that we see as a mother, I mean, life in general, but especially as a mother, you see the best of days. You see, you know, everybody dressed up for Sunday service and their matching outfits and hair fix, standing outside with a smile on their face. And yeah, that is, that is life sometimes, but I'm lucky if my kids show up to church in matching shoes. So that's right. usually not how it goes for me. And, mm-hmm. and I just felt like as unpopular as that may be, I want other moms to see that, Hey, I'm not alone. I don't have to post a picture perfect picture every time I'm posting something, you know, I want them to know that you're not alone and maybe feeling a little bit less than patient in the evenings. And that doesn't make you a bad mother. That just makes you human. And so I just, I really feel like letting other mothers know that you're not alone. And at the end of the day, when you put your children to sleep and you read them their story, kiss them goodnight, letting them know that they're loved. And this this makes me get emotional right here because as a mother, you know, this is something I struggle with. And at the end of the day, as long as my kids go to bed knowing that they're loved and that they're safe and that they're protected, then I've done, I've done enough for that day. I don't need to make, you know, them a six course dinner shaped like stars and sunshines and that sort of thing. We don't need to do every Pinterest project there is to do for my kids to know that they're loved and for my kids to know that they're safe and protected. And so that I want other moms to see that too, that you might not be as crafty as this mom, you might not be as stylish as this mom. You might, you know, it doesn't matter because no two people were created the same, which means that there's no two children the same and no two mothers the same. And that's okay because motherhood, as I mean, it is like the most beautiful thing in the whole wide world. It's also messy and it's chaotic and confusing, mm-hmm. but motherhood, no matter, no matter what any mother does throughout their life, motherhood is the greatest ministry that you're going to have because you are raising those babies and you have a platform with your babies like nobody else can have. And so don't be too hard on yourself. That's, that's, that's the key of being a happy mom. You keep your relationship with Jesus healthy and don't be too hard on yourself. Thank you so much for that. I definitely think that's going to encourage somebody. I know that encouraged me. And I think that's just so true is that our relationship with Jesus needs to come first because it's out of that relationship that flows that love and that patience and that temperance and that, you know, all of the fruits of the spirit and all the things that we struggle with just from being human. And I know for me, if I don't take that time with the Lord every day, I find myself, yes, being more short And then at the end of the day, I'm realizing, why was I like that today? You know, wow, 
I, I'm looking right. back at my attitudes and the words that I say, and I'm realizing, wow, that, that was not appropriate, or I really didn't have to, that, it wasn't that big of a deal to act that way, you know, but right. you just get caught up in your emotions, and, and I do feel, for me, I have two boys, so one of the things that really convicted me, especially with, um, with being the only woman in the house is, if I don't, if my boys don't see me having a good relationship with Jesus, would they expect their wife to? So, you know, I think it is easy for us to be very discouraged and overwhelmed. And I don't think that's anything new. I think we have to definitely pick and choose our, our battles as mothers and, and really just boil it down to just the, the simple things. What are, what are the main things that we need to provide? And those are the main things that are going to really stick out to kids. You know, are they being loved? Right. Are, they getting, are they being hugged? Are they being listened to? Are they being heard? I want you to just, if you could, if you don't mind, I would love for you to just take a couple minutes to talk to a mom right now who might be struggling. Maybe they just are feeling just so discouraged and they're just feeling so down. What would you say to her? I would say to show yourself a little more grace. You know, whenever we begin our relationship with Jesus Christ, we accept the grace that he gives us. I mean, it's free, freely given. Every day we wake up to new mercy, new grace. When that clock strikes midnight, new mercy and new grace is there. And we wake up and we accept it and we continue our relationship with him. And we accept it, like I just said. And I cannot stress that enough, accepting the grace, because just how Jesus shows us the grace and we accept the grace as a child of his, we need to give ourselves some grace as a mother. You know, yes, we might have room for improvement, but that's the beauty of grace is it's it's new every day. It's something that's freely given from Jesus to cover our sins. It's something that we should freely give ourselves as mothers because, you know, every day is not going to be the best day. You might have days that are not that great, days that are, you know, the best ever, so to speak. Um, but the bad days do not define you. The bad days does not make you a bad mom. It just means that tomorrow's a new day and we're going to wake up and we're going to try this again. And, you know, if you're struggling, do not be afraid to reach out to somebody to talk with. Yes, keep your relationship with Jesus flowing. Keep that conversation flowing. Do not be afraid to reach out to a mentor, somebody you're close to, a spiritual counsel. Do not be afraid to reach out to them for some godly advice and the godly conversation that you need to hear to be encouraged. So keep your relationship with Jesus flowing, show yourself some grace, accept the grace and, and be encouraged knowing that you're not alone because there is no mother that's ever walked this planet that hasn't thought, Hmm, am I doing this right? And you are, you're doing it right. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for that. I mean, I'm sure even Eve had some mom guilt. <laughs> so when you're looking back at the very beginning, when you were a younger mom, I won't say young mom because I do think you are a young mom, <laughs> when you were a younger mom, if you could give yourself a pep talk, what would you say? I would say, don't be so hard on yourself. If I could look back 
I would say, Sarah, you are crazy. Do not be so hard on yourself, especially, especially as a first time mom, you just, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going through it for the first time. You really, no matter how much you read, no matter how much you're told, you, you really don't know unless you're experiencing it for yourself and don't compare, do not compare your child to another child. There's, Mm. I said it earlier, there are no two children that are the same. Your baby's not going to walk at the same time, talk at the same time. So just stop comparing it because it's going to make your motherhood experience a little more stressful than it should be. So just relax, take a deep breath. And it's easy for me to say that you might think, but trust me, I've been there four times. I've had four newborns and those sleepless nights, they really seem like they're never going to end. But then a few years later, you look back and you're like, where did the time go? So just as hard as it may be at times, really try to savor the moment and the experience of your little ones just wrapping their arms around your neck because that's something you're never going to get back. So just enjoy the moment and lock it in your brain so you have something to go back and visit on those days that may be a little more stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us and your life. Um, Can you please take a minute to tell us where we can find you on social media? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Inside the Pastor's Wife. And I do have a blog and that blog can be reached um, in my bio on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. I know that this was time out of your day and I just... I just really appreciate you and your heart and just your message today. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.